So 1 Samuel chapter 2 from verse 1, which is Hannah's prayer. It says, Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Don't keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows, and by him deeds are weighed. The bows of the warriors are broken, but those who stumbled are armed with strength. Those who were full hire themselves out for food, but those who were hungry hunger no more. She who was barren has borne seven children, but she who has had many sons pines away. The Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and he raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honour. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. Upon them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked will be silenced in darkness. It's not by strength that one prevails. Those who oppose the Lord will be shattered. He will thunder against them from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Thanks, Carl. There's a pen up here on this lectum and it's really annoying. It's out of place and I just... So I'm just going to put that on the OCD. All right. Um, well, uh, everybody loves uh, a good song, don't they? Uh, I, I don't know about you, but uh, almost everywhere you go these days, someone's listening to music. Uh, I like to go for a walk in the mornings, and uh, you know, you see the person coming opposite you on the, uh, you know, and you sort of get ready to say hello, and then at the last moment you notice that they've got uh, the earphones in, and they're not going to hear you or perhaps more awkwardly, you do go through with the hello and, uh, and they just kind of keep walking past and you know, nothing happened. Uh, you know, but everywhere you go, people are listening to music. They, they listen to it as they walk, they listen to it as they sit on the bus, uh, you, you, know, you listen to it as you drive your car, everybody's listening to music. Have you seen that ad? Uh, I don't know if it's on anymore for ABC Classic FM. And, uh, you know, there's Prokofiev going on in the background and it's someone ironing. It's like, bum, 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 bum. And, uh, and it gets to the end and it says, life is thrilling with ABC Classic FM. <laughs> uh, music is everywhere. Songs are everywhere. Uh, but what are people singing about? Well, I've done some research this week into the kinds of things that people are singing about. Uh, and, and here are some examples. So, because uh, Adam is a, is a huge Bieber fan, I um, talk about sacrifice. I listened, <laughs> I listened to Bieber this week, and uh, and here are some lyrics from from Justin Bieber's boyfriend. Uh, if I was your boyfriend. Never let you go. Keep you on my arm, girl. You'd never be alone. I can be a gentleman, anything you want. 
If I was your boyfriend, I'd never let you go. I'd never let you go. Tell me what you like, yeah. Tell me what you don't. I could be your Buzz Lightyear, fly across the globe. I don't never fight, want to fight, yeah. You already know. I'm going to make you shine bright like you're laying in the snow. Brr. Girlfriend, girlfriend, you could be my girlfriend. You could be my girlfriend until the world ends. Make you dance, do a spin and a twirl and voice going crazy on this hook like a whirlwind. Well, it's electrifying, isn't it? Uh, it's an electrifying song. Here, uh, more, more uh, sophisticatedly, here are the words from John Lennon's Imagine. Uh, you probably know it. Uh, Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for and no religion to. Imagine all the people living life in peace. You may say I'm a dreamer but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. Well, here are some more sobering lyrics uh, from Muse and their song Thoughts of a Dying Atheist. Eerie whispers trapped beneath my pillow won't let me see your memories. I know you're in this room. I presume he's talking about death personified. I know you're in this room. I'm sure I heard you sigh floating in between where our worlds collide and I know the moment's near and there's nothing we can do. Look through a faithless eye. Are you afraid to die? It scares the hell out of me. Well, we, uh, we sing songs, don't we? And we listen to songs about all kinds of things, from, from boyfriends and girlfriends to worlds without religion to the thoughts of dying atheists. We sing and listen to all kinds of songs. But uh, today we're looking at one song and over uh, the next uh, six weeks leading up to Christmas we're going to be looking at a whole range of songs from the Bible, not about uh, boyfriends and girlfriends and uh, atheists, but about songs which look ahead, looked ahead to the coming of Jesus Christ, to Jesus as God's Messiah, to Jesus as God's King who would save the world and God's people from the, their sins. Today we're looking at uh, Hannah's song obviously and on Christmas Day hopefully we can look at Mary's song and uh, in between we'll look at some uh, psalms which speak about the King. But uh, Hannah's song uh, is an interesting song, isn't it? It's so countercultural. It's not about any of those things that we heard uh, about in those other songs. Hannah's song is about God. It's about what God is like. Uh, if, in order to sort of understand where Hannah's coming from, it's useful to get a picture of what's happened in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Uh, in chapter 1, we discover that Hannah is uh, one of two women married to a guy named Elkanah. Uh, now Elkanah, uh, Elkanah's other wife, Penina, had given birth to quite a few children but Hannah had had none. So there's these two wives uh, and Penina, she'd had heaps of kids and Hannah hadn't had any children. Uh, and that was especially painful for Hannah. Uh, living uh, without children uh, was as painful then as it is today. But her situation was compounded by the fact that she was in this kind of marriage with, with two women. Uh, so, so her misery was compounded by her husband's sin in taking two wives. But Hannah prayed to God. She knew that God could do something about it 
And so she prayed to God that he might, uh, out of his sovereign mercy, uh, grant her a child. And God did that. He didn't have to, but he did. He miraculously gave uh, Hannah this child. But here's the thing, right? Hannah... Hannah's had this child, the child that she's always wanted and she decides to sing a song but what does she sing about? Well, she doesn't actually sing much about the baby at all. The the entire song is almost entirely taken up with God and who God is and what God's like. This song isn't about Hannah having a baby but if you like, God's great kindness in granting her that is a springboard to something else, a springboard to seeing the character of God more broadly. Look at what she says in verse 1. My heart rejoices in the Lord and in the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. What is God like? God is a rock, he's a firm foundation, he's a secure footing. Hannah says that her horn is lifted high. That's not the kind of thing that we say from day to day. It's a bit of a cryptic phrase for us. But for people who lived around animals uh, you know, all the time, besides cats and dogs and budgies and all that kind of thing, for, for people who lived around animal, animals with horns, for a horn to be lifted up is, is a picture of, of victory, It's a picture of a head being lifted up in in victory. Hannah is saying, God has lifted me up. How is God a rock? How is God a firm foundation? God is a rock in that he lifts people up. And Hannah goes on to riff on that theme, if you like, in verse 4. She says, the bows of the warriors are broken, but those who stumbled are armed with strength. Those who are full hire themselves out for food, but those who are hungry hunger no more. She who is barren has borne seven children, but she who has had many sons pines away. The Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honour. We know that from our experience, don't we? We only have to look at the way that God works in our own lives to see that God is a God who raises us up. God raises us up sometimes from sadness and from discouragement. I have this great book written by a guy called William Brooks. It's called A Lifting Up for the Downcast. You wouldn't believe it's a, it's a book of almost 200 pages on one verse. The Puritans love to do that. But God lifts us up, doesn't he? He lifts us up from discouragement and sadness. The Psalms are all about that. I was oppressed and you raised me up. I was discouraged and God helped me. God might raise us up from sickness. Some of us have experienced that in our own lives. Some of us have seen that in the lives of people that we love. That God raises us up from sickness and gives us health. God might raise us up from past sins and the consequences of past sins. God might raise us up from uselessness and unserviceableness. God raises us up all the time. God raises us up every moment of the day. But God not only raises us up, God raises others up as well. He raises up other people to encourage us. 
He raises up uh, parents to be good parents for us. He raises up other people to rebuke us and to correct us. He raises up leaders for the church. He raises up leaders for youth work. He raises up Sunday school teachers. The uh, the growth group that I'm part of, uh, we've been watching some videos on Esther by uh, Peter Adam uh, and actually I've stolen a bit from him this morning but uh, as I uh, often and want to do but, um, but he makes the point in Esther that Esther is raised up by God through a horrific beauty pageant to save an entire nation. We know it, don't we? We know that God is a God who raises us up. But most surprising of all in Hannah's song is that God raises us up not only from those things, not only from discouragement and from sadness, but God raises us up from death. Look at verse 6. The Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and he raises up. As Peter uh, put it in those talks, uh, he said that we think that we just need to be raised up a little bit, you know, it's just like a like a, a little riser in our shoes and that life will be okay. We just need to be brought up just a fraction and that things will go smoothly. But that's not the, that's not the case, is it? We talked about it before in the dedication. No, we're born dead. We need to be raised up from all, more than just a little bit. We need to be raised up to life, to new life. We need to be raised up not just physically from death to life, we need to be raised up from spiritual death to spiritual life. We're born estranged from God, we're born enemies of God and we need to be raised to life. We need the power of God. Only the power of God can do that, can raise us to life with him. If you've got your uh, Bibles there with you, turn to Ephesians chapter 2 because in Ephesians chapter 2 Paul puts it so wonderfully what we need God to do. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, and Paul writes, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So what we need most of all, isn't it, is for God to raise us from death to life not just physical death, but from spiritual death, from estrangement from God. We're born dead, we're born, uh, we're born hating God, uh, rebelling against God. We need God to raise us from death to life. And the great thing is that that's exactly the business that God is in. He's in the business of raising people up. 
So the next time uh, that God raises you up from discouragement uh, or from sadness, don't just think, thank you God for encouraging me. No, think to yourself, thank you God that you're a God who raises us up that you're a God who raises us up not just from discouragement but from death to life. The next time uh, you're walking along and you think to yourself, God, thank you so much for raising me up from uselessness, don't just stop there but move on and say, thank you, Lord, that you're a God who raises us up not just from uselessness but from death to life. Next time God raises you up from poverty, think to yourself, God, I thank you, for raising me up from poverty, but I thank you also that you raised me up from death to life. God is a God who raises us up. He raises us up every day and he raises us up most powerfully by raising us from the dead, both spiritually and physically. So Hannah's song, first of all, celebrates that great work of God in raising us up. But Hannah's song also surprisingly sounds a cautionary note. Look at what she says in verse 3. Do not keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak arrogance for the Lord is a God who knows and by him deeds are weighed. Or again in verse 8. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. Upon them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his saints but the wicked will be silenced in darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. Those who oppose the Lord will be shattered. He will thunder against them from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. See, God's great work of reversal is a two-sided work. God not only raises people up, but he brings people down as well. God takes away strength, Hannah says. God takes away food. He takes away children. He takes away wealth. He takes away status. We see that all the time. You you only have to uh, look through history to see God bringing people down, see God bringing down great people uh, to humility. God brought down Alexander the Great. After God brought him down, he wasn't so great, I uh, I don't think, after that. God brought down Hitler, God brought down Stalin. God brought down Lance Armstrong. God brought down the Apostle Peter when he was proud and trusted in himself. But again, God just doesn't take away from us things in this life, status and wealth and security. God takes away life as well. Verse 4, the Lord brings down and makes alive. The Lord brings down to the grave and he raises up. Our life isn't in our hands, is it? We like to think it is. Not only uh, is our life not in our hands, but our death isn't in our hands. And Hannah says, it is in someone's hands, it's in God's hands. God raises up and God takes away. And if that's the case, says Hannah, if God is a God who gives and takes away, then watch out. Because to reject that God 
is to bite the hand that feeds you. Imagine uh, that you needed uh, a respirator to survive, you know, that you couldn't live without uh, being permanently on a respirator. Uh, and then one day uh, you decided to take a baseball bat uh, to your respirator. Just so angry with that stupid respirator. And so you beat it, you know, to smithereens. That would be madness, wouldn't it? It would be utter madness because that's the very thing that's keeping you alive. It would be making an enemy of the thing that you need the most. And Hannah is saying it's the same with God. God is the God who gives and takes away. To take a baseball bat to God, to be God's enemy, to make God your enemy, is utter madness. Imagine uh, that you're on that same respirator uh, and then all of a sudden you think to yourself, I don't need this stupid thing. I can live without it. And you know, so you just kind of dismiss it and you get, get rid of it. It would be madness, wouldn't it? It would be stupidity because you'd be throwing away the very thing that you need to survive. And Hannah is saying it's the same with God. You see, we can get rid of God in two kind of key ways. We can get rid of God by making God our enemy or we can get rid of God by being arrogant and thinking that we don't need him. But it's madness because God, the God who is, is the God who gives and who takes away. And we can either embrace God and rejoice or we can reject God and be brought low. So God is a God who raises us up and God is a God who brings us low. But how does God do that? That's the last question that I want to ask this morning. How does God do that? God raises up the people that, he tr- that trust in him. God brings low the proud and the arrogant and the wicked. But how does God do that? How does he raise some up and bring others down? Well, the last line uh, of this song, and really the whole books of Samuel are about this, but the last line of this song gives us a bit of a hint of how God does that. Uh, There in verse uh, 10, Hannah says, he will give strength to his king and exalt his anointed. All of a sudden, it's a bit strange really, all of a sudden Hannah starts talking about God's king and God's anointed uh, that's not been mentioned at any time in the rest of the song or in the first chapter of the book. Uh, In fact, uh, those two ideas have not been put together in the Bible until now. But Hannah says that God will lift up in victory the head of his king or the head of his anointed. Uh, And although that might seem like a strange place to end the song, actually it fits together with what Hannah has been saying. It's of a piece with the the verses before. So for instance, uh, Hannah says in verse 8, sorry, in verse 9, he will guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked will be silenced in darkness. Right? And, you, and, and you ask yourself, how will God do that? Well, the answer is in that last verse. How will God guard the feet of his saints? He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. How will the wicked, will be, how will the wicked be silenced in darkness? He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Or verse 10, those who oppose the Lord will be shattered. 
He will thunder against them from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. How will God do that? How will he bring that about? God will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. How does God bring about these great reversals from death to life and from life to death? God does it at the, at the same time by raising up a king, by raising up his anointed. It's not by strength that one prevails, says Hannah. No, it's by siding with God's king. Ultimately, Hannah here is looking forward to Jesus. Uh, the Hebrew word for anointed is the word Messiah, Mashiach, which we, uh, to say Messiah, it's less ostentatious. Uh, the Hebrew word is Messiah and the Greek word is, is Christ. Right. So, so when the New Testament writers said Jesus Christ, Jesus the Christ, they were saying Jesus the Messiah, Jesus the anointed, Jesus the King. It's by siding with God's King Jesus that God raises us up. It's by opposing God's King Jesus that God brings us down. I love a good bit of history uh, and I love uh, reading the history of the English monarchy, uh, mainly because it's brutal and mildly disturbing. Uh, but... but well, that's not really the reason. Maybe it is, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, King Henry VIII and, uh, you know, you think of Elizabeth I and uh, Bloody Mary. It's a great name, Bloody Mary. Uh, it's a, what a great name to be known by, isn't it, really? But, uh, you know, and you read about some of these figures in history and, and as you think about these kings and queens of England, you realise that those people, those individuals, had the power to change the course of a person's life. If you opposed the king or the queen, that was bad news generally, uh, if you opposed the king or the queen and decided to do things your own way, you'd lose your head, right? You'd be brought down. But if you knew the king and you had the king's favour or the queen's favour, then that person had the power to raise you up to great prominence, to great authority. Of course, uh, the English kings and queens are bad examples because they were not particularly nice people for the most part. They were petulant and fickle and malicious and vindictive uh, and immoral. But suppose that God could raise up a good king. Suppose that God could raise up a king who was slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Wouldn't that be a good king to know? And that's what the Bible is saying about Jesus. It's saying that if you know God's king, if you're on the same side as God's king, if you know Jesus and if Jesus knows you, then Jesus has the power to raise you up. And if you oppose Jesus or ignore Jesus, Jesus has the power to bring you down. You, uh, you could live the most impeccable life that you've ever lived. You could, uh, you could live a wonderful life a moral life, but if you don't know the king, if you ignore the king, the king will bring you down. If you don't know Jesus, it doesn't matter. But if you know the king, you could come from the, from the, you know, the slime pits of the city, 
You could come from a life of misery and ignominy. But if you know the king and if the king knows you, then Jesus can raise you up from ignominy to being God's son or daughter. How does God bring about such great reversal? He does it by raising up a king, by raising up his anointed. But you know what? There have been lots of kings, uh, haven't there, in the history of the world. There have been lots of emperors, lots of presidents. There have been kings who have changed the history of the world. There have been kings who have changed the circumstances of their people. There have been kings who have brought people down to nothing. There have been kings who have raised their citizens up from poverty. But as I have thought this week about the great leaders in history... I've struggled to think of one who's raised a person up from the grave. All the prime ministers, all the presidents, all the kings, all the emperors, all the great military leaders of the world throughout all history, they've done great things, some of them, haven't they? But how many of them have raised uh, people up from the grave? There have been plenty of despotic rulers who've brought people down to the grave. That seems a much easier thing to do to bring people down, but to raise people up from the grave, there's none but one. When Jesus came as God's king, as God's anointed, as God's Messiah, as God's Christ, he did something that no king had ever done before and no king since can ever do. He raised up people from the grave. He raised Lazarus to life. When Jesus died, hundreds of people were brought back to life. The tombs were broken open. And on the third day after his death, Jesus was raised to life himself. Do you see what Hannah is saying here in this song? Just in seed form, she's just looking ahead with this kind of squinting, desperately trying to see ahead to the time of Jesus Christ. She's looking ahead and she sees that God is a God who raises up and a God who brings low. And how does he do that? He does it by raising up a king. And if we side with that king, if we side with Jesus then God will raise us up as well. We don't have to have an impeccable life. We don't have to have tremendous pedigree. We might have a miserable life, a terrible life, an abysmal life. But if we know King Jesus, God can raise us up in this life and in the life to come. But if we ignore King Jesus, it doesn't matter what we do. God will bring us down. He might bring us down in this life. He might take everything that you have away from you. But if he doesn't do it now, he'll do it one day. Hannah's song is not a song about boyfriends or girlfriends or thoughts of dying atheists or a world without religion. It's a song about something far, far more important than that. It's a song about the God who is and the God who gives and who takes away and God has done that by raising up Jesus. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you are a God who raises us up. Lord, you raise us up every day And we thank you for that.
Lord, we think of the times when you've raised us from discouragement and despair, when you've raised us from past sins, when you've raised us from uselessness to usefulness. And Lord, we thank you for that. For those of us who know you, Lord, we thank you for the fact that you've raised us from death to life, from spiritual death to spiritual life. Lord, we once hated you, we once despised you, we once lived without you, we once didn't know you, but now we do because you've raised us up with Jesus and seated us in the heavenly places. And Father, as we continue to wander through this life, as we face every day things which bring us down, Lord, we look with eager expectation to the day when you will raise us up once and for all. at the last day when the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. And yet, Lord, we're mindful of the sobering other side of the coin that you are not just a God who raises up but a God who brings down. And Father, we ask that none of us would be among those people who ignore Jesus or reject Jesus and who are brought down. Lord, help us to know him and to trust him. Help us to fall into line behind him, to make him our king and our saviour and give us that great assurance that if we know him, you will raise us up. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen.